Welcome to the Big Kickoff League of Ireland podcast with Mr. Nathan Doyle and myself, Roy Shanahan. And we've got some breaking news, just as we are going to record. Uh, it's our understanding that discussions have taken place between Peak Six and local businessman Andy Conley regarding the sale of Dundalk Football Club. Uh, no binding agreement has been signed yet, but Conley's consortium is now thought to be the front runner. Nathan, what do we think of it? Yeah, well, no, it's it's even more breaking news. Well, it's actually being confirmed by Dundalk that the sale has gone through. Brilliant. So we're we're adding breaking news on top of breaking news. This is how quick it's happening, isn't it? Like we we we're just getting ready to come on here when the news is breaking. But no, yeah, this is the random look we get on a Wednesday, Nathan. This is it, mate, isn't it? And and it's just to let people peek behind the curtain. We usually actually record earlier than what we are now. And just everything fell perfectly in the place, and here we are. But now, about ten minutes ago, confirmed by Dundalk that uh, negotiations have concluded. The club is now back in local hands, which would be music to the ears of Dundalk fans listening. I'm sure. Uh, as you said, the deal has been agreed for the acquisition of the club from P6 to a local consortium, which involves uh, Andy Connolly, as you mentioned, Roy, former owner of Dundalk, and the sports tech firm Statsport. Uh, with the names of Alan Clark and Sean O'Connor in particular uh, being thrown around. These, by all accounts, you talk to people from Dundalk, are two names that are highly regarded in uh, the, the local football circuit uh, at Dundalk. Yeah, it, it, it's very, very positive news. Uh, look, not even from the news, I'm sure Dundalk fans see them absolutely delighted, and so they should be. Uh, it's been an absolute disaster season, and Thankfully, towards the back end, it's turning around. You know, it's, it's not that long ago they're looking like they, they could be serious relegation candidates. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, it's looking a little bit more rosy. They have an outside chance of achieving European football. Um, but look, all eyes in the 2022 season now for them. Um, just even in this early days, there's the positivity around. You know, it's looking like this deal will see the former staff and volunteers from behind the scenes return to the club. Uh, already the new owners have a massive emphasis on rebuilding fractured links with no fans and not only that but the community of Dundalk itself which is absolutely vital to see um, Why we still have to wait next week to see plans for 2022 in terms of managers and, and players in the squads but yeah look early days uh, for Dundalk to see the club back in local hands uh, absolutely brilliant there really really is you, you, you can't point any hopes uh, it's great to see for the club and it's great to see for the fans they have just had to suffer a lot this season, you know, it's just been an absolute disaster. Uh, every week, geez, it wasn't for Dundalk, maybe we wouldn't have a podcast at some stage. <laughs> the amount of the story started going on behind the scenes. So, yeah, brilliant for them. Absolutely brilliant. This was going to happen and it needed to happen, Nathan, didn't it? Because yeah. Dundalk yeah. couldn't go through another season of what they had to go through this year. And not only that, you know, we, we, we only talked a couple of weeks ago about Potential buyers for Dundalk, you know, because there's a Usher, I believe the gentleman's name, or the Dublin businessman. He sort of wanted to go into Hoots with Peak Six at the club. That would, still would have seen Peak Six involved, even though he would have been running the Irish operations. We had this Northern Irish based consortium um, become real fund runners in, in recent weeks, but he sort of faded away. Then we'd be looking at the links with Jim and Jilton there, at any time was a Northern Ireland connection with Dundalk. But 
you see the likes of uh, Connolly come in now in Stasport, you know, uh, Dundalk, uh, Maytubs, you now people like you have the, the, not only that, but the Dundalk FC is in the heart, the community square of the club and the town is in the heart. Uh, it just, out of three, even a couple of weeks, so it seemed like the ideal option for them, but it did look like that Northern Irish group was going to come in, but yeah, it, it, this was badly needed for them. Absolutely badly needed, as you said. Just, they couldn't go through another season with peak six, or they couldn't go through another season with owners where the heart was not in the right place. And the new owners here, you cannot doubt that. You really, really cannot doubt and deny that. Will it be instant success? It's way to be seen. We really do. You know, there's still going to be a lot of players from Dundalk. Um, even at the end of the season, there's still a lot of contracts open, a lot of contracts that need to be renewed. But players that are still there, you know, like Pat Hope and his um, contract coming to an end at the end of the season. Now, he could be looking now that the step of the positivity lies back at the club now. So it gives them a little bit of an incentive to stick around and stay where that wasn't there a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and it, of course, looks like they're in the, the league next year. So the great thing about a new season starting is you start on level terms with everyone else so they can really get their house in order now and look to push on where they want to be and that's challenging for a league title yeah definitely definitely it really is it's um, if you're looking now I'm sure like, like you say you never know you could get into European football it's probably unlikely for them for next year but this now next to the off season of a couple of months, um, not even with players, you know, not even with the pre season, but like you said, behind the scenes, getting these the, the staff back in, getting these volunteers back in that are reportedly coming, and um, great to see. And obviously, what we deal with, you know, a couple of times now um, on the podcast with some dogs setting up the supporter group, an official supporter group, which is something the club has never had. Um, so you know what what the links be like with, with the supporter group and the new uh, the new ownership. You know, imagine it'd be strong. You imagine they'll have the same ideas, the same vision and the same mission going forward. So even away from the on-the-field stuff, for me, that, 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 that's literally as important, you know, because the link, like you said, is, is been absolutely fractured, not even with the fans, but with Dundalk as a town. You know, the club and the town need, need to be sort of, it, it come together as one. Like we were talking about at Lounge last week, where it's, these towns only have one club in it. It, it needs to be the, the focal point, it needs to be the heartbeat of the town. So the season's all get back to that. That's really as important as going on to win the titles and winning cups and European football for me. Yep, and it'll be interesting to see how that uh, sort of turns out and it'll be interesting to see what players stay and what players actually come in. Um, is there going to be a whole new, different look on how they bring their players in again uh, to be seen? Now, on any given week, Dundalk would be... Uh, a takeover would be a big news story, the biggest news story. But then when you have Bray Wonders and Cabin Teeley talking about merging together, it's it's really interesting. And I'm really interested, Nathan, in knowing what the supporters think about this one. Yeah, I, I, I was looking at the Bray Wonders side of things and no, oh, they, they, they're really, really are not happy with this one. Um, and I can sort of understand why there's definitely a link up that will do Cabin Teeley more. You know, we're going to talk about uh, the, the playoffs now uh, later on in the show. Um but Bray, you know, sorry, that's like, successful. They're, if they're not in the Premier Division, that they're challenging in the fourth division. And even away from modern football, you know, it's maybe your history that, that the club has there. You can't really say that about Cabin Teal, you know, only in the league in 2015. You look at, like, while the Carlisle grounds, 
is one of, one of the older grounds, probably the oldest grounds uh, in League of Ireland football. Uh, compared to Stradbrook, you know, it's night and day. It's, it's, it is a better facility. While it's not a world-class facility, it would be a better standard. And most importantly, it'd be a standard ready for the Premier Division. The ground uh, can't deal you in at the moment wouldn't be. That's another link in there as well. Um, yeah, it, it, it is a strange one because actually even talking about the ground, this whole negotiation started off just as a, as a potential ground share uh, between the two sides with, uh, walking out of the Carlos grounds. Um, like that, Captain Teal, Chairman, uh, Tony Richardson, uh, spearheading the talks. We also have uh, Captain Teal manager, Pat Devlin, who's synonymous with Bray, isn't he? You know, really a 30 year relationship between Bray Wanderers and, and Pat Devlin. But he's still a minority uh, stakeholder at Bray, so we could see that link go back up there. Yeah. Really, really strange one I, uh, for me, you know. Uh, and not only that, the implications that could potentially down the line it have on the fourth division as a whole. Like I said, we're not going to get into playoffs just yet. We, we will later on, but Ray Wanderers, they're, they're still potentially in the race to be in the Premier Division next year. So if we see this merger come together, you know, we could have a... a, 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 a what, what's the name? I think it's in Cabin TV Wanderers is the name that's getting shown around. Uh, I think that's a non-official name. But we could see uh, them in the Premier Division, so we're going to have to fill that vacant spot in the fourth division. You know, the FBI will be very eager to do that. So then we could have a, a fiasco what we did last year, a Shamrock Rovers too. We'd have Dublin County come back into the mix. So even away from the two sides, the 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 knock-on effect that would happen in the fourth division as a whole. You know, that that could be an interesting thing to keep an eye on too. Yeah, I think they're talking somewhere. I read it there that they're talking about a. Cavantili Bray name next year, Bray Cavantili yeah. name the year after, and then some sort of combined or n- new there. new name. I think they're looking for probably trying to get the area, the South Dublin area, and yeah. um, trying to work on that and build on that and trying to get the fan base in. But the name is going to be so important because you look at Sport and Fingal yeah. and stuff like that. It really. You can you can distance yourself from from fans altogether. Yeah, I often even wonder sometimes the Bray would just even get away from Campania, but the Bray as a whole, if they ever were to rebrand themselves to Wicklow FC or just, just something something like that, Wicklow County or whatever it may be. I wonder what was it something that would work, you know? Because no disrespect to Bray, when I said the history's there, but they're not a side known for the fan base coming out in their droves, um, and it's been a major struggle of them in the past, especially when they're going to the financial struggles, which, you know, that was very recent ago. So I, I often wonder if it was a rebrand, even for Bray Wanderers, would, would that change anything? But, you know, if they're still playing in Bray, if they're still operating out of Bray, would anything change? You know, they're still in the same green and white strip. But people just smell it and just, and we, we, that's all you see as is a shame of rebrand just to try to get people to return. So I don't know. I'm not sure. That was always just something I thought about. Um, because, like you said, the name is absolutely vital, isn't it? Because like the idea will be sporting single, you know, it sort of it closes you off to a wider community, you know. All of a sudden, you, you're making up your potential catchment area smaller. So yeah, really, really important. If that was, if this was to go ahead, yeah, you have to be the name to be because it's there, you know. Like like South Dublin is flooded, you know. The um, UCD, Pats, uh, Shamrock Rovers. But if you could start to pull in some fans from Wicklow. For me, that's a catchment area uh, that, that you should be looking at. Yeah, it's... Anytime I see a merger, Nathan, there's always one club that kind of loses out in the long run. 
And yeah, yeah. Bray have such a history there. And you said if they're playing out of Bray, they're playing in the same stadium. Nothing's really changing for Bray then, you know, and it'll still be seen as a, as a Bray team. So Cabin Healy could lose out here. And you just wonder, you know, are they going to have to go to a new site then to kind of make this a whole new club? Because if they're stuck in Bray, it's Bray. Yeah, it's actually, it's interesting that you said that. Um, well, just looking a little bit about this, I forgot about, do you remember Cabin Healy released a five-year plan, a strategic plan, I think back in 2017. And he proposed a, a new facility, and not in Stratford, but in a, where the Cabin Healy play is it? Kilbogan Park, is that the name of it? That's the name of Cabin yeah. Healy, the amateur side. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, you'd know it, yeah. You'd know better than I would. Um, yeah, and they, they were talking about a five-year plan to rehome and to set up base there with, you know, like a new clubhouse. I'm sure there's an all-weather pitch in there and a stadium for the League of Ireland side. So, yes, like, we're, we're, we're still in that five-year um, time frame. Obviously, there's been radio silence, I believe. Oh, yeah, we've been looking at it. I haven't been, been able to get an update on that. But, yeah, that could be a potential plan. Get Bray Wanderers out, Bray, uh, moving to Kilbogger Park. It could... For Bray Wanderers, more so, it could be a bit of a, a, a refresh for them. And not only that, for them, for the fan base, they're, they're getting something out of this move because, like I was saying, at the top of the, top of the topic, that's the one sticking point for Bray Wanderers fans. Is you feel like it's a very one-sided major. I'd agree with them. Where If all of a sudden they're getting a brand spanking new clubhouse or with a pitch facility, training facility and a stadium, it might sweep the day for them a little bit. But will it? I mean, if you're a fan of St. Pat's and all of a sudden they get a new training ground, a new little stadium and all, and they're not called St. Pat's anymore, do you really feel connected to that club? No, it'd be difficult to deal, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, I think that's what I'm saying. It's the one caveat for them. Like, well, I, I, like I said a minute ago, I'd agree with the Bray Wonders fans as I can see the annoyance, I can see the anger towards it. It's 80 years of history. It's your club going by the wayside, merging with a side that's, that's a novice in League of Ireland football. Yeah. Now, when you look at the other side of it, if you're running a club like Bray Wanderers and you're running a club like Cabin Tealy and they're not setting the world alight when it comes to crowds and fan base and, you know, you have your certain loyal fans, but there's nothing there that's actually you're going to be able to build on and, you know, to push up the leagues and challenge for Premier Division titles. You have to do something drastic. So this is the something drastic but then again, something has to lose out and that's either Cabin Tealy, yeah. Bray or I think, the, I mean, the fairest and the most logical way would be just to create a new name. But you have to be very careful with a new name club because if it's very, I suppose, if you, again, talk about Spartan Fingal, if you have a, a name that's so broad like that, it's very hard. I mean, if you call it South Dublin or, you know, it's not going to, it's not going to work. I mean, people... You're not, not going to support South Dublin, are they? I just, I, I don't no, see that either. No. So, really, yeah, there's no affiliation there. No, there's, there's still a lot of risk to this. Yeah, there really, really is. Um, it, it was definitely strange when I seen it. Um, like I said, I don't know about you. I don't think at the moment, the time of speaking, Bray Wanderers in any meltdown financial situation like you were a couple of years ago. Um, Definitely one that seems to be having TV more. Like I was saying, the catchment area there at Wicklow is there, but the rebrand, like, it's, it's, again, just touching on what you said, a rebrand, it's, 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 it's so, so careful with it. 
no people could point out the likes of how Limerick have been successful this year, but that's completely different. This was a, a, a Limerick side that dissolved and just no longer existed, and three United came from those patches. Where it's not like you just all of a sudden switch around and oh, it's no longer no, no, Limerick, it's Treaty United, now back them. There's the people at Limerick would just, first of all, just happy to have a professional League of Ireland side back in the ranks. But yeah, to do a complete 180 and, and just to rebrand out of Leo was really, really difficult because, like you said, they're gonna, you are going to isolate fans, they're going to potentially damage attachment area, you're going to find it difficult for people to grab a hold of the new name and the new brand because that's what it is. Like it's, it's any sport at all is tribal in, in its most simplest form and if you take that away, it's going to be difficult for people to, to, to come down and, and to part with their money and, and to follow week in, week out. Yeah, if it if it goes to Cabin Teeley area, it's basically Cabin Teeley with a different name. If it goes to Bray, yeah. it's basically Bray without a different name and if it goes elsewhere, then you're nearly taking the football away from both but... Yeah. At the risk, and it's it, it it's a risk. But as you said, Treaty United has worked, albeit that they're still in the same stadium as Limerick, and they're seen as Limerick, and the Treaty name is down there already. So, yeah, that's something that they can they, they could work with down in Limerick. Can they work with that in South Dublin? That's going to be very interesting to see. But so, yeah, listen, I think it's a I think it's a bold move. I think I think people have to start making bold moves because there's certain clubs in the League of Ireland that are just sitting there and Cabin Thiele would be one of them and Bray will be struggling as well. So maybe they do have to start thinking and, and, and putting heads together. They just have to They just have to get it right. That's really it. So uh, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. And again, if, if Bray got promoted, then you've got two teams out of the first division and that, as you said already, there's a, a big gap there to try and fill as well. So yeah, very, very interesting indeed. Okay, uh, a new manager this week with Martin Russell named yeah. as new Athlone Town manager. Nathan, we talked about this. I, I obviously don't think that getting someone outside of Athlone is a good idea. I thought that getting someone who would be a local, who is passionate about the club, uh, I think they need to get all the locals together and work together and be passionate. People in the club from Athlone, people in the academies from Athlone, the manager from Athlone, the owner, the tea lady, everyone get that, you know, community spirit together. So if I was the Athlone board, I wouldn't have taken Martin on. But then again, when I'm looking at football wise, Martin's a good coach. He has done good things in the league. So it's not a stupid decision. I just would have thought that be a bit more passionate and try and do something different with your club. Yeah, I, I'd be along the same lines. It's um, safe was the word I thought of when, when Martin Russell came in. You know, he's um, he quite he's not even the way he's, he's playing days for all accounts. He's before my time, but it, it, apparently it's it, smashing football with Martin. Um, but in the coaching aspect, you know, we were part of two spare with Pats as the assistant manager. He was a manager and assistant at UCB, Jordan, uh, different spells, uh, Limerick boss, he's Ray Wanderers manager, that was his last job. In the league board in 2018, um, yeah, he, he, he caught off at off at our managerial steadiness, which at long badly needs. That's another thing we talked about last week. The 15 managers in the last 10 years is fucking ridiculous for any club, you know. And it's it's something that they need badly. Like we we talked about last week again. While you can bring all these players in, make all these improvements to your squad, and a trap chopping and changing the backroom staff to get that level of steadiness consistently, it's just going to be so difficult to do. 
Uh, yeah, I'd be along the same lines as yourself. We talked about Longford as well last week. That, that, we'd like to see that avenue go down um, with them. And look, it's Wolfpack loan in the past, been, been uh, like, in that loan native lane. Again, we talked about like, Colac O'Connor coming in uh, with the most successful fan in the 70s and the 80s with his massive European games, uh, winning league titles in the 80s. So the, the press is there, I'll be uh, a long, long time ago. Um, yeah, for me, Martin Russell is he the most exciting name in the world. No, the brand of football can be a little bit to be desired as well. But a good coach, yeah, like I said, good solid coach. He, he has a good group to work with there. It'd be interesting to see, like everybody, in terms of players who comes and who goes, who stays. Because there is a, in the core group and the nucleus group at, at long at the minute. There's definitely still potential there, where it has been a disappointing season. Uh, is Martin the man to get the best out of him? Yeah, he probably is. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good appointment. There's really not much more to say about it without getting into language territory. Good appointment, good coach. Uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to get on. Yeah, that's if uh, everything goes to plan. And with managers that have gone there so far, uh, they haven't stuck around very long. And we, no. we're seeing history repeat itself where they go with someone from Dublin or uh, around our surrounding areas and are, they've jumped ship for, for whatever reason I don't know what the situation is I don't know if it's because the, the club are hard to work with I don't know if the if the managers are hard to work with um, I, I, I have no idea why it's happening but it is happening and you cannot build on a foundation with a manager and has, there's no consistency with a manager and if you don't have consistency with a manager you're not going to have consistency with a team and if you haven't got consistency with a team, well then, it, what's the club? So you need to get a bit of consistency with someone who's going to be there a little bit long term. Look at Derry City, they've decided to go a little bit consistent here, give a long term contract, go with it and see what happens. And that's what these clubs need to do as well. And it's not as if Athlone are setting the world alight. So, you know, to be sacking managers or anything like that, and I'm not saying that that's after happening because it's, 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 I don't think it has, I don't believe it has. But... They need to get the right people in who are going to stick around and do the job long term. So um, I really hope that Martin is that uh, person. Uh, again, I still think that they've gone down the wrong road and I think they should have been looking at their own uh, their own community for a, a coach manager uh, to do that job. OK, Nathan, we had word this week about a third tier in the League of Ireland, the possibility of it in the near future. In 2023, actually, there's been a, a lot of talk about this. I've, we've heard a lot now uh, over the last six months or so, uh, a lot of whispers going on, but now it's starting to leak out. This, I think you're going to say, anyhow, is a good thing, because I actually think it's a good thing. Yeah, let me just throw a bit of info there about, about this story first. I managed to gather because I actually would like to get your, your thoughts on it. Um, and I'll get to why in, in a second. But yeah, like we said, the FBI eyeing up uh, the 2023 League of Ireland campaign for a potential start for a total in the league, which he, executive uh, Johnson Hill, particularly eager to develop uh, a functional pyramid system in the country. So, what will this towards tier league look like? It'll consist of Ten teams. It'll be based around reserved sides from Premier Division clubs, universities, and colleges, and the likes of Leinster and Munster senior sides uh, that that can come into the league and be viable and and, and stay there with a clear plan. And um, 
it's looking like they'd like to split the league into a geographical divide of north and south. That would reduce the uh, travel cost of any long-distance journeys. The likes of promotion and relegation uh, with the fourth division, it looks like it's going to be on the cards, but not for the reserve sports in the Premier Division. So any reserve team, they can only stay in the third tier. They can't go up or they can't go down. Uh, and also, another thing I thought was interesting was there was talk, and it was not set in stone, but the talk about the League Cup being contested by the fourth division and the third tier side only making that into, into a lower league cup and then keeping the FBI cup for everybody else. So, what I, like, why I wanted to try with the year was, was because for me, like, I, yeah, you're spot on, I do think it's a good thing. Uh, but for me, we're in desperate need of a link from junior football all the way up to League of Ireland. You know, whether that be province leagues, I'm not too sure, but obviously with your, your, the great work you do with Lucan and with, with uh, junior football and amateur football being so close to your heart what what would you take those down what would you think in going forward what is tour tier football be that potential link from League of Ireland football downwards because the whole pyramid system in this country is in desperate need of a region No I'm in total agreement with it I think that we need a pyramid scheme we need to, amateur sides to have a goal a purpose about building their teams up and their club up. You look at teams now and clubs and they're, uh, some of them have really, really great ambitions. And when you look at th- these teams who are building up, they're building little stands, they're building up clubhouses and astro pitches and they're doing this, a lot of this heavy work off their own back. And as I said before, and this is not again uh, trashing the GAA, the GAA get a lot more easier than the football world and the football world are doing their utmost and a lot of these clubs are building up their club but to go where? To go where? So they're getting, you know, yeah. great astro pitches for training, great training uh, equipment and all that sort of stuff. Getting everything in the background ready for what though? Just to go and win their Leinster Senior League, just to go and win their Munster Senior League and then there's nothing else. Of course you, have, you can qualify for the FAI Cup. That's great. Everyone loves that. But there needs to be that ambition. And you, when you look at the English league across the way, there's so many clubs. You look at Wimbledon, when they were business, Milton Keynes, and then they, they built themselves back up down five, six tiers down or outside the league, whatever it was, eight tiers, whatever it was, and got themselves back up again. And you can do that, you know. So your ambition, there is no length to your ambition. You can just keep going and going and going if you want to go. So if... Whoever it was, uh, one of the Cork teams wanted to go and push all the way and they said, listen, there's room here. Cove are standing still. Cork are are tumbling down. We want to push on. Great. Yeah, if you have it there, if you've got the right backing or whatever it is, you know, great. You know, if if it's a... I don't know, a cavern team, you know, they might be able to get themselves through as well or, you know, whoever it is, they should be able to have that goal to be able to reach that and then hit the top division. So, I think it's I think it's a great idea. I think it's something that we, people have been calling out for a long, long time. So it's not that it's a new idea. I just think it's a, it's yeah. an idea that's been there and, and people have never, in the FAI, have never really approached it. And yeah, I think it's, it's a good one. Uh, it's not going to be easy for anyone outside of it. Of course, you'll have the, the B teams and you'll have the colleges. That's fine. But if you're looking at Leinster Senior League teams and you're looking at Munster Senior League teams, it costs money. 
So you do have to have a plan and you do have to have uh, that backing behind you to be able to. It's not, it, it costs a lot of money to be able to run a League of Ireland team. So this is something that clubs have to be careful about. A lot of clubs would have a schoolboy and a senior section. They probably have to be run separately, you know, because you you would have to have backing behind your senior section. Of course, I'm, I'm, I'm talking financially here, so nothing would ever go astray in in in, in the, the junior end. It always has to be protected. So, you know, the likes of Shamrock Rovers and all, they're there years, you know, absolute decades. So they have it all sussed out, you know. And in all fairness, they're junior football, so they're only getting that together now where they didn't really have that before. So there, anyone who's coming into it, be it Leinster Senior, Munster Senior, wherever it is in, in, in Ireland, anyone who's coming into it and they have a, a kid's section behind them, they have all that behind them. So they just need to get the, the main part together. So, um, yeah, I, there's a lot to it. It's not as easy as just getting promoted and just getting in there. If you don't have the facilities, if you don't have the backing, you don't have the volunteers, you don't have the support, it's not for you. So it's not for every club. But yeah, if it happens, it, I think it's a, it, I think it's a really good thing, and it makes things exciting. It brings new teams in. Then all of a sudden, the first division. It, it, it opens up the first division as well because all of a sudden it's relevant <laughs> there's promotion but there's relegation so all of a sudden now you have to get your yourself together halfway through a season you can't go ah we'll write it off and next year we'll have a good go at it uh, you mightn't be there next year so now you're going to have to really push on and make sure that the, that first division won't be the graveyard one anymore that's going to be a serious one and then all of a sudden then people get interested in the first division they get interested again in the premier division the third division that's local people get uh, interested in it. There's more clubs and more people around the areas, uh, supporters of, I don't know, let's say it's Crumlin, all right? Crumlin, all of a sudden, you know, more people get interested in the League of Ireland. I just think it's it's a really, really good thing that can happen. Um, and I don't I don't see that all of a sudden now the First Division and the Premier Division are uh, within 10 years are going to have four or five new teams and I just don't see that that's going to happen you'd be lucky if one came in you know uh, from the third division but the possibilities are there so if you can if you can do your job right I think what it does Nathan and I'm rambling on here a bit but I think what it does I think what it does is it keeps now the League of Ireland teams the Premier Division and the First Division teams on their toes now because now if that's brought in all of a sudden you can drift away and nothing's guaranteed for you. So you can drift away back into a third tier and someone else, new clubs can come in now and start taking over. And you've had that spot for 20, 30, 40 years or whatever it is, depending on how long you're there uh, as, a, as a club in the League of Ireland. Now that's not guaranteed. So now that money isn't guaranteed, even though the money is absolutely shite, we all know that. But it, that's not guaranteed anymore. So all of a sudden... Now they have to think a little bit brighter about themselves. So I can only see that for everyone in the league that it would benefit. Yeah, spot on. I absolutely total agreement. Um, that was actually my one of the biggest takeaways was the benefit of having the fourth division. And I not going to cover all the ground. You pretty much said everything. But you know, you're looking at a Wexford side sitting rock bottom of the table. They have been for most of the season. Well, they made a bit of a late push to get up that ninth position. Deep in rock bottom, we all knew that's where they were going to finish, and that was it. The season was over. 
probably after the first round of fixtures. But like you said, that all, all of a sudden that motivation factor just focus. Just that's only just a quick example before Wexford. It's there again, you know, because relegation is a real team. Um, I think the, the the potential involvement, like you said as well, no community is absolutely brilliant. Something we've asked for for a while. Well, I do agree. You need to have a viable, clear structure. You need to have like financial backing again, as you said, volunteers, staff, whatever it may be, facilities, uh, grounds. Uh, it, it all needs to be there, place, and it needs to be set down for the future. We, we can't just have clubs coming in for the for the one inaugural season and dropping out because they can't financially uh, fund themselves or pay themselves. But you know, there's the potential. And look, obviously, still from Dublin, we first call, you know, whether ourselves or not. Oh, Jason, we're going to see, like, say, Kevin's, for example, uh, find themselves up in the League of Ireland. But, you know, you, you go down to Kerry, there's a Kerry side in, in the underage system in the Electricity League. Great to see Kerry FC come up, you know, couldn't see Clamell and Tipperary. Could they be on the Royals? Like, there's, there's a lot of clubs. And I know we have Cork City and Cove and Cork, but. You know, with the like the UCC, they could pop up into the university system as well. The potential of that there, and it's something that, that we, we, we've been touching on too, and we have touched on it in a post-Brexit world. Uh, what that means for young lads, you know, for young players, we're, we're seeing them stay at home, we're seeing them get a bit of extra season in the Premier Division or the Post Division. But if they want to go away and, and they're just throwing it on the scrap heap, coming home. There's options. There's, there's options. Uh, there's more communities involved with that whole thing. Football. There's more communities involved in the league. You know, we could have a young lad coming home that might not have a club in his local area, but all of a sudden this introduces this whole thing. He could have a team close to him. It could be an option for him to, to come back and, and get reinvigorated with football, and it could be an option for him to come and play regular football at a good standard. But yeah, the, the, the most important thing for me, and that's why I wanted to ask you, was, was the link between League of Ireland and amateur football because it's something that's been definitely needed, something that we see in most, well, in any country worth of salt when it comes to football and it's something that we just, we haven't had and it's it's always going to let us down. You know, we can rejig these house of cards in terms of improving the Premier Division, improving the fourth division, but if you don't have that link with these junior and amateur sides, it's really not worth the ball this. Yeah, I think we're both in agreement there. So, yeah, I think we're excited about it because it, it will Very, sort yeah. of um, invigorate football around the country. It'll spark off the idea of League of Ireland football in areas that probably are not really, uh, they're probably dormant and dead to League of Ireland football. So it, it does give the league and the football around the country a bit of a spark if, if it goes through. And it should go through. And I can't see why it wouldn't go through. And I really hope that this idea is pushed forward and, and as quickly as possible, you know, because I think that's it's there. It's there to be done. And if you don't have the facilities, you don't go up. But you can still have the league and then they're going to build on the facilities. So, yeah, no, I think it's a great idea. OK, uh, Nathan, we've got info on the First Division playoff final. Yeah, I just thought it'd be a nice way to wrap up there this week's show. Um, we do. Fourth Division playoff finals. We know it's going to be uh, Bray Wanderers versus UCD. Uh, it's going to be, and these are two different bits of nuggets that was on the reverse back to in a second. But it's going to be on the 19th of November, and it's also going to be played at Daily Moon Park. Now, just a quick little little, little catch up for people like that that might have missed out. Uh, Bray Wanderers got to the final. They beat Galway one nil and Agbe uh, in the last round. It was a uh, Brandon Cavanagh goal that sealed it in the second leg. And UCD beat Treaty United 4-2 on Asgard. Uh, the, the, the first leg ended up 3-0 to UCD. 
I boldly said on last week's show that that was it. That was the easy day in the final, no doubt about it. But Jesus, they made me sweat in the second leg. Uh, Treat United actually won the game in the second leg 2-1, but it was enough to see off uh, for Euclid to see off Treaty and to be playing Bray Wanderers in the fourth of the playoff final. And so, you and you couldn't like you, cu- you couldn't sort of say who's going to win it, Nathan, because no, we we kind of thought that Galway would have the edge, and you know we we yeah. kind of thought that Treaty were out of it. They just gave themselves too much to do. So on any given day, any of these teams can beat each other. You really can, yeah. You really, really can. And we've seen it last year with Longford, you know. Um, there's a place that can be finished in four position. We did dominate the league and a stretch of the imagination. And now this year, we're seeing them a very wondrous. For me, it's very, actually, very underwhelming. Uh, well, you know, I only got to see them in limited amount of time, but a lot of the ridiculous draws uh, that they got, you know, points dropped. Uh, it had to be class of the poor season for them. You know, they, they obviously had to have ambitions to be up fighting with like the Sherbourne and Galway but just about sneaking into the, to the playoff but here they are now in the final um, it'll be difficult to write them off I, I do like UCD I've said it for the past number of weeks now um, it's difficult to bet against them and, and anybody on that day uh, such a wealth of attack and talent going forward we, we mentioned we mentioned them a lot here over the season you now Colin Weir and Liam Kerrigan um just the main two there uh, off the top of my head but yeah like, for me it's difficult to bet against UCD in any one-off game it has been for a lot of the season and it, it, it really, really it's going to be for this one and the date that it's on Nathan it's on the same day yeah. as the final round of the Premier Division fixtures yeah yeah these both sort of link in now with, with the date and the venue with it being at Daily Moon Park and I'm just going to the, the, the venue really quickly today and I actually don't mind it going to uh, a neutral venue if the date was different. Like we, we mentioned the Bray earlier, we don't do nothing them, those are attendance, but both Bray and UCD, again, two sides that wouldn't be known for getting the masses through the gates. So if they bring it to a different venue, uh, you know, hopefully people get some neutrals uh, through the gate if it was that daily now. But the fact that it's on, yeah, it's, it's on the same day as the, the, the final Premier Division game, for me, it's a little bit strange. We talked about, we had a similar conversation last week with the women's FBI Cup final. Now, should that be on the same day as the men? Um, and this, this is a similar conversation for me. Now, I think these fourth division playoff finals should be given their own day. You know, you're seeing online, I've seen the actions of fans, you know, that would have liked to go. Now, neutrals would have liked to go down today and you know, have a look at the game, see how they would like to get on. But was going to be tied up, you know, whether that's looking at uh, Shermock Rovers, Little League title. Whether that's looking at, you know, Finn Harps, Waterford, Battle of Unknown Position, or your clubs involved with European football, if you're a fan of a Premier Division side, your, your attention is going to be fully occupied. And the, the last thing in your mind is going to be the fourth division playoff final. Do we see any of these teams, if they have to face a Finn Harps or a Waterford, do you see any of these teams beating those? No, I don't. I, I, I don't. I, I, for me, Galway was the one. I would have forced so I said it last week about you know, the full time football player the squad there is uh, John Caulfield of the very same manager um, and you know I would, would just want to throw it quickly out something I've been thinking over the past couple of weeks it probably goes down to I, I thought for a couple of years now the whole the, the process of the playoffs needs, uh, needs to be changed up needs to be rejigged you know it's quite difficult you know the games that the fourth division stories go to 
they get to this one-off game against the Premier Division squad that finished ninth, and all of a sudden uh, in a one-off game, and they can know any given Sunday anything can happen. So you go through the, the semi-final, then you get to the finals, and now all of a sudden you find yourself in the relegation uh, promotion game with a ninth-place team, and if you lose that one game, all that effort was for nothing. So for me, I'd like to possibly see you know in the Premier Division. 10th and 9th, just straight straight relegation. Um, 10th and 9th place go down. And then, even with the fourth division, you know, fourth place goes automatically up. And then you can keep that playoff, but turn the fourth division final into the overall final. For me, I, I just think some of the fourth, you, you see it happen a lot that the fourth division players, you know, you go through a lot of this effort and you just tend to get sharp with <laughs> after going through three games to get to the fourth game to get into the Premier Division and to get beaten and then all of a sudden after the journey's over back to where you started off yeah I'm in total agreement with which uh, I, I I don't see the benefit of you know giving the playoff chance to the ninth place team well I see the benefit for the ninth place team it just means they have a second yeah, chance of course, yeah. but there's no there's no real benefit for the first division team so yeah I think it's unfair I think if you have your chance in the Premier Division that when you're in there, just don't finish up in the bottom two, and you're fine. Um, yeah, yeah, and the first division, you know, if let's just say Finn Harps, let's just say Finn Harps went down this year, you drop down as Finn Harps, and the other two drop or go up with the the contract lengths that they do have in the League of Ireland. You're going to get a lot and a lot of players going from one club to another, probably from relegation to promotion. Anyhow, so you're probably going to keep with the same level of of players coming up and the likes of Finn Harps and, and Longford who go down probably lose out then but then it's up to you to try and battle your way back up so yeah I I, th- I just I think that's spot on I do I think that's spot on I think it makes it relevant when you have the playoff places so they're second third fourth and fifth so that means everyone's fighting till the end to try and get in there and you have a possible way even if you're having a crap season uh, look, I I wasn't impressed by Bray this year and yet they're, they're in there in, in a first division playoff uh, to get uh, to get up to the Premier Division, so yeah, I, I I do I agree with that, and you know it may become relevant at some stage where the third tier may have something like that as well, because um, you're hoping that Irish football grows bigger and bigger, and it becomes a lot closer the Premier Division and and the third tier, um, that we have strong Irish football and a lot of a platform as well for young kids who you know they won't just have the 10 teams or the, it depends how many are in that first division 18 teams or whatever it is but then you'll have another group so you could have up to 30 teams in in the three divisions and it gives you just that little bit of a uh, little bit more room if you want to play League of Ireland football and go on to be a pro footballer that you have more clubs out there to, to play football with but you got to be fair with those teams and give them that just as like we we're saying give them that pyramid scheme you've got to be able to give them like you said promotion and relegation that's fair and not leaning towards a team who have done poorly in the Premier Division uh, but get a bit of an advantage and that's not what it's all about. So I'm 100% with you on that one Nathan. Okay we're going to leave it there there's a good few games on over the weekend Uh, we'll discuss them next week and we're getting closer to an FAI Cup final we're getting closer to seeing who goes up or maybe not from the first division and uh, We'll see what way the European spots finish as well. Nathan, thanks very much. Thanks very much to you for listening. We'll talk to you next week.